0: Welcome to New Type Flash Podcast. This is a podcast where uh, we go through Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological fashion. Um, This week we have, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. We'll get into that in a second, but we have uh, our three hosts. We have uh, me, I'm uh, Lane. We have uh, Luke. Say hi, Luke. Hello. Hello. And we have Scotty.
1: This is like that one time I went and saw the sticks of Mister Roboto. I got just so uh, arrested. <laughs> no, sorry, that's
0: not how I talk. Anyway, <laughs> so this week we are uh, we're. This is kind of uh, the last episode. Uh, the I'm considering this kind of like the first part of the second. Sorry, the second part of the first season that we're doing, because because we're uh, in my head, I'm kind of breaking the shows, the series up into like a few seasons. Right. And this is kind of the first thing we're doing. That's not like the mainline um, story uh, with everybody. It, it, so it, it it's a side story, um, but it's not like the uh, Amaro and Char story. Really? The main, um, it's like the main like Gundam, Zeta Gundam, Double Zeta, like that main storyline. Right. Right. So the the what we're doing this week is the uh Mobile Suit Gundam, the Guren assassination plot. So this is a side story manga. It's about 30 chapters. Um and it, it is what it's what the title says it is. It's the the Gear an assassination plot that that happens in the last week of the war. Uh, I think when when the manga opens up, it's like December twenty fourth or twenty fifth or something like that, and it ends like the thirty first. Yeah, thirty
2: right like first at midnight. I think
0: it's yeah. right after
1: Solomon, more or less. Right, uh, and the so I'm curious on the title. Actually, it is. I'm going to butcher the Japanese pronunciation. I don't pretend. That I, can I can say it
0: right, but I can say no. It. Let
1: me butcher it, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, G- Girin Ansatsu Keikaku.
0: That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. That's I-, I would understand that if you said that to me. Okay. Japanese people probably wouldn't though. I think uh, they all they all probably people. more or less get it. So.
1: <laughs> non smile at least. Yeah. But yeah. What's the direct <laughs> translation on the name? Is that what you've been referring
0: um, to? As? So the the direct translation of the name. So it's um, Kido Senshi Gundamu Girin Keikatsu uh, Ansatsu Keikaku. So it's uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. The Garin uh, assassination plan or plot? Okay, I
2: think All the right. uh, like the like the Romanized version of it is like the plot to assassinate assassinate Gearin, right?
0: Well, I don't think it's out in the U.S. officially, so it's it's licensed, but it's not out. Um, this is so I, had a, to to, yeah. I had to travel to Canada to read it with my VPN. Yeah,
1: <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Um, so, this to me is more of a bonus episode because it is a manga and the. Canonical status of manga is it's subject to change at any moment. It's sort of, uh, I think the good way to think of it is remember before Disney got star Wars, it was things are canon in the expanded universe until the moment a movie contradicts them. And then the movie takes precedent. And so I think with this franchise, the way sunrise looks at it, it is all these things that are, the official side manga are fine, but then if we ever animate anything that doesn't jive with it, uh, we don't care. The animated version takes precedent,
0: and and that's even true with animated ver- newer animated versions of old animated versions, right? Like <laughs> whatever's newer makes takes precedent, right? Sometimes,
1: yeah. Generally, unless they're like, oh, you know, maybe this is a splinter timeline, but yeah, there's I nothing would like that.
2: can release like a, this is what's canon, this is what's not.
0: But that would, that would reduce sales of the non-canon stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I would have been cool? glad to throw some publisher 20 bucks for this or something, but. You, yeah. You can't.
2: Yeah, You can't. Wasn't it serialized as like part of a, like, what is it? Gundam Ace magazine or whatever. Like that's that yeah. the original like point of it. And then it was collected after that.
0: Well, yeah, they, I mean, they, that's the way most of the um, mangas work in Japan. So you get like the, the weekly or monthly or whatever, like, um, like Shonen Jump, Gundam Ace, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. And then once they come out with like, you know, 10, 10 chapters or 12 chapters or whatever, they t- they combine it into like a volume and they release the volume for like individual sale of that manga. Yeah. In specific.
1: One time I had to buy an issue of Kero Kero Ace to get a Starscream toy. <laughs> and i was surprised at how many titties are in a manga book that is very clearly for like six year olds
2: oh that, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me in the slightest bit
1: maybe surprised isn't the word right? oh sorry
2: oh, i was gonna say it doesn't surprise me but it, ma- it makes me uncomfortable but it doesn't surprise me
1: yeah maybe that is a better way to put it in japan is weird <laughs>
2: <laughs> you Um. Pick- Lady bits, but right, six so year old. Man.
1: I, I think I think the last sort of preface thing I wanted to say before we get into the story is that the next run of episodes that we're doing that are, uh, and you know, after this one, we'll get back into animated works. But the you know we're trying to do things more or less chronologically. Uh, it's impossible with all of the One Year War material because stuff happens concurrently. Right Or, you know, more or less right on top of one another, or uh, we'll start before something, but then end after some other thing. Uh, So we're going to try to go in as logical of an order as we can. And I think this was just our little uh, bonus thing as we get warmed up on the, um, I don't know, maybe we should give a name to these. Like, these are our 0079 Anthology series or something.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Uh, so that was the comment I was going to make is like the first part of this is like Lane made a comment about season one and that's season one is basically 79.
0: Yeah. And the way I had kind of like mentally arranged it was season one is yeah, the one year war um, and the side stories. But I mean, really that gets broken up into two pieces because you have, you know, the, the lead up to the one year war, which is the origin series. And then the one year war, which is mobile suit Gundam. And then you have, like, all these side stories that happen in the One Year War, but don't directly affect the main series. So, um, Or Season Zero. Yeah, they're neat, but, like, they don't, you know, you don't have to watch them to understand what happens later on in the series, the mainline yeah, series. Like
1: Igloo, which are, we didn't watch. What else
0: are you- I would almost argue watching the mainline series and
2: then coming back to the side story stuff is a better idea because I feel like sometimes they make references to things that are kind of like, it's kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like you should, you know what we're talking about here, even though it hasn't happened yet. Right,
1: right. 100% supplemental in the case of what we're talking about on this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and get started with the gear and assassination plot. So um, a lot of this is is. They tried to historically link a lot of like Hitler assassination plots because, you know, Kieran is Hitler or whatever. He's space Hitler. Um,
2: This is is based loosely on the specific, like, I think it was called like the Valkyrie plot. Yeah. Like to kill Hitler back in, what was it? uh,
0: July. World War II. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date for that, but there's several, I think there's a movie with Brad Pitt.
2: Uh, it was Tom Cruise, I think, played uh, mm-hmm. Klaus Stauffenberg, who was like the guy who tried to like blow him up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the movie was called Valkyrie, I think, wasn't it?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, It that was, was a re- like a pseudo remake of a movie that came out like way, way, way like 1950s or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so- 1990, I was really wrong. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, uh, so we have the main character is um a detective named Leopold uh Feisler or Fessler or something I think along those lines.
1: Would be Feisler. Oh, I need to look at the spelling, Laura. I'm like, no, it's this, and then I'm not looking
0: at it. It's F I E S E L E R is what I have yeah, it that, written down that would as. be
1: Feisler if we're meant to do a German pronunciation of that, which I assumed we are,
0: probably. Yeah, so um. and and I don't think we're going to go completely chronologically with this series for various reasons, but so Leopold Fiesler, he is a national public safety investigator for, um, zoom city. Um, he tried to be a mobile suit pilot at one time on earth and was apparently pretty bad at it. Served Um, in Odessa and and saw some shit. Yeah. And his family is the, uh, I guess, the main family that runs the Zionic Corporation.
2: Yeah, I think they were like one of the founders of Zionic. Yeah,
0: he's the, the grandson yeah. of one of the founders.
2: Yeah, and I yeah. think, um, so they they said that he failed out of being a mobile suit pilot, but I kind of got the uh, the sense as we went through that he actually gave up being a pilot because of like the whole horrors of war thing and he couldn't handle it. So I think I think they kind of implied that he was actually good at it but he couldn't handle the you know like the the horror of seeing the colony drop and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: he's clearly got some moral compass that he is abiding by and uh, Luke, I'm asking you because Lane only got like 3 episodes into it and dropped it. Did you watch Steins Gate?
2: Uh, a long time ago, but he yeah. reminds
1: me a lot of Okabe Rintaro. A lot.
2: You know, I, can I, mean, see he, that. I can see that. I think that.
1: part of it is he's drawn very, very, very similar to him, uh,
0: but
2: so like overlapping the artists, maybe. Maybe I didn't look. I'll um,
0: have to look that up. So while you guys look it up, I'll, I'll, I'll set the stage. So um, most of this takes a, again. We mentioned earlier it takes. Uh, it, it, it happens at the very end of December 0079. Um, it's in Zoom City. And what we're seeing uh, from the beginning of the, the series is there's lots and lots of terrorist bombings in ta- inside Zoom City um, that are targeting uh, various Xeon officials. Um, you know, we're seeing the existence of underground pirate radios, um, things like that. And um, this, this starts shortly after the fall of Solomon, um, and you, you kind of see the zombies controlling the media because people aren't completely aware that, um, Solomon has fallen at this point. Um, and the series act like one of the reasons that this series is interesting, is because you do get to see a lot of like, um, a lot of stuff that we've said we've wanted to see before. Like what, what's actually happening in, you know, Xeon. uh, cause you hear in, in like the intro to mobile suit Gundam, you know, like half of the human population has died right and we know the colony drop and we know like you know zeon's losing people but like we don't really see um from the zeon side of things like what's going on there and and that's one of the cool things i like about this yeah this
1: helps this helps Um, spell out the war of attrition part of this which we've covered in previous episodes Uh, but i think the what I really liked as far as this detail. And again, this is not going in order of what happens here. This is a uh, much later in the, in the um, one of the much later chapters, or maybe it's towards the middle. i binged a lot of it. So it kind of ran together. It's only 30 chapters. Uh, they have this part where when, as the colony's turning and they're reflecting like the artificial sun, since they're behind the moon, uh, mm-hmm. they will have like have the lights stay on to these parts of the colony that have been abandoned and no one's living in them oh, yeah. because so many people have, you know, moved away, um, because of the war or, you know, because of people going into service and dying and the human cost. like they've just kind of consolidated and like moved into more populated
2: areas. Yeah. I really, I really liked that part because I thought that was a great, like, parallel to like Nazi Germany how like oh we have to keep up the facade yeah
0: yeah uh, and it said here. it said specifically in Zoom City roughly a third of the population was gone I think they said a
2: third of the population was left didn't they
0: it could have been the other way yeah it could have been either way I, I thought I wrote down that they lost a third of the population but it could it could have been they have a third of the population I can accept at the same
2: it. time. yeah either way it was pretty substantial
0: Right. Yeah, enough that they're they're doing these fake, you know, they called it a blackout, but it's the opposite of a blackout, right? A lightout. Um. So yeah, it th- that's a really cool thing. One of the cool things, and we'll probably like touch on a handful of those things as we go through here. Um. So, uh, I know Scotty's going to start complaining about this part, and I think we all will. Um. W- one of the ways that that we start seeing. V- the plotters of these um, bombings and assassination plans is um, I guess these guys are like uh, VR chatting with each other, except they can't see each other. They can only see like their pseudonym. So it might be like, yeah, more like IRC chatting back in the day. um, Yeah. Newer tech. Um, But yeah, so there's a group of people um, that are gathering to uh, essentially plot to assassinate um Giren, now that they've taken out uh the the other rungs of the um zeon power structure and yeah, I,
2: think, I think they were focused on giran was like their main objective but like they wanted to take out the whole zabi family
0: yeah yeah so that's what they were saying and the the um the main plotter was a uh, a guy named reagan leaf
2: reagan leaf um, I do want to make one quick comment as we start to talk about the plot. Um, it kind of when they introduce Leopold or Leo, I guess they they refer to him as throughout the comic. Um, it starts with like a bombing of some random official, right? And then they kind of he gets assigned to investigate it. It's apparently like the seventh or eighth bombing in this series of bombings of these like random officials. And as they start to peel back the onion, it kind of reveals that this is all like they're bo- they're taking out like gear and supporters like prep to get rid of gear in.
0: right right um yeah. no no that's i mean that's exactly what they, they say is going on and um yeah so at one point uh leopold meets up with his childhood friend elise she works for um corporate hq i think yeah she works for uh, uh i don't know her rank but um Man. celia who is in like intelligence or something along those lines?
1: Well, now she is in the original series in the background. Okay, and scenes with Gearin. Mm-hmm. That's the woman that's in scenes with Gearin that yeah, she doesn't
2: really get named. She's like his prime follower. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, like that's ladies, mm-hmm. don't they? I don't think they mention her rank?
0: I think they do. They 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 mention her rank or her position. Uh,
2: she, is, times. she is she is private secretary.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that doesn't seem mm-hmm. right.
2: Uh, um, I'm gonna look but, this up because she wears a rank. I'm gonna look up the rank
0: chart. Fair enough. But what Luke said is what is in the. Oh, model. I believe it. I believe it. But that's not what she does, right? She she seems like more of like a. Yeah, we, a we, uh, like a leader of like maybe Ghirin's intelligence forces, right? Uh, She is
2: a, uh, lieutenant commander. Okay. Yeah.
0: And his mistress
2: and his mistress. (laughs)
0: Um, so yeah, Leopold gets given a USB drive, um, by his friend, Elise, who works for Celia. Um, and basically, The USB drive has a bunch of, uh, intelligence about the, the plot, um, to blow up the other guys. And at the very end, it has the plot to assassinate Garen on it and has like a date and some other information.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of dates and names and I guess I'll just get into it. The first handful of chapters of this, I should say the first chapter is Okay. It's not bad. Elise shows up and I was like, oh, she's going to be fan service character and not important. That turned out not to be true. So that was good. I think they were just, you know, trying to hook some readers with Moe shit and that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the boy, this takes a while to get going. And my biggest problem with the early chapters is, I think it's chapter four is the worst offender yeah. where there are pages of it's essentially like cropped pictures of a chat room conversation.
2: Yeah. That was one of my big complaints. Like I kind of thought the whole like faceless, like several different people talking and then showing just like their pseudonym. Um, I thought that was kind of a cop out for like the secret meetings.
1: That is lazy comic booking to me. And manga is just another name for comic book. Like <laughs> that, that, that show something happening and you can have the text in a caption or overlaid explaining what someone is looking at, or at least if you don't have anything you can show, maybe have a shadowy figure at a desk thinking it. Yeah. Something when it's just
0: pictures of text, I go, why is this not a book? Yeah. And I think, I think there was a reason. I mean, we, we know there was a reason why they didn't show who was typing a lot of the stuff. Like they, they slowly did unfurl some of the people that were, like, communicating over time. Um, but, you know, I I agree. It was jarring, and it was not the best way to do it. But at the same time, I kind of understand why they did it. Oh, I, I completely understand
1: keeping the identity secret. I guess what I, I think, was thinking is that... Oh, go think, ahead, Scotty, look.
0: I'm on the same page
2: as you, and I think the reason why it bothered me so much was not that they did it once for a while, it's that they did it, like, a lot of times throughout the yeah. time. Like, it happened... At least four or five times, I think I remember it repeatedly occurring, and I was getting frustrated. And they used it as a mechanism to reveal one of the characters later on. But I, it was it was a lot. It was definitely a lot.
1: Yeah, it calms down by the middle. Yeah. Like there is yeah. way, way, way less of it. So it also could have been a case of they weren't quite ready to start going with this as a monthly and needed to fill some page space. Yeah, cause yeah you know, that's the, I try to imagine these things. I go, you know, whoever created this had to know (laughs) because there are some parts of this that are, I said, that was bad comic book. There's parts of this that are very good from a visual storytelling perspective, especially later with the action scenes. I I feel like the creator had to know so that my best speculation is, yeah, some deadlines were going to be missed and this was the solution we can Stretch it out a few more chapters by.
2: I think this thing doing. came out over the course of like a long period of time too. critics Oops. everywhere can't get enough of John. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> Got a commercial in the podcast now. <laughs> I think that was for John Wick three, right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I really hope that was John Bailey doing the trailer voice because that's like a that would be a crossover between this and my other podcast.
0: <laughs> right. That's funny
2: anyway my point was that it came out over the course of like four years but I think it was like the first volume was a really rapid fire yeah so I could I could so, see your point I could see your point being the case
1: yeah but yeah anyway it it, it picks up towards the middle but boy a lot of this first part is
2: yeah, I think I remember the first, like, maybe six or eight chapters feeling really slow. And I, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm never going to get through this. And then it, it really kind of hooked me around, like I said, that, like, six, chapter six or eight point. Yeah,
0: I think I did, like, chapter one through six or seven, like, one through six-ish in, like, one go. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. And then I ended up doing, like, up through, like, 18 the next time I read it. And then I think the next time I read it, I finished everything. So this is like three or maybe four like reading sessions for me.
2: Yeah. It took me about three or four different sessions to get up to like chapter 12. And then I read from 12 to like 28 in like a day.
0: Yeah. it It's not a super hard read, but yeah, the beginning is definitely dense. Um, and there's a lot of things going on that it's very easy to miss something that is kind of important. That- or you don't know if it's important, you know, like it's, it's, it's weird. Well, it
1: does.
0: Sorry, go ahead, Scotty. I was going to say, it does that
1: mystery element of trying to put you in the investigator's shoes by giving you a lot of information and keeping secret to the readers exactly what's important and what's not. Right. So, from that perspective, I think it was fine. Um, I do feel like there was a lot that ended up being not important uh, as things went along, because when the trail of clues starts to unravel itself and he starts to realize what's happening and who's doing it and when they're going to do it, it's very much in your face.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that's by design too. So like, it seems very, they're using him, right? So like both, both sides of the conspiracy and that we'll get into um, are, are using the investigator to like, try to get the other guys, you know? Um, and yeah. So there, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't matter in there. And, and, and this reads very much like um, he's basically a puppet, uh, but he's smart. He's not dumb, but yeah. So
2: yeah, I, think, I think he refers to himself as a genius a few times.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah. So one of the conspirators gets killed Um, but it, it comes out that Guerin is planning to be, uh, in zoom city on the 31st, um, for a, it turns out to be a, a, uh, memorial for Dozel who had just passed away too. Um, and then the conspirators are basically gonna try to kill Guerin at that point.
2: Yeah, it was like a parade ceremony that they turned into a memorial for Dozel. I do want to make a comment though. I think Scotty kind of touched on this a little while ago. They throw a ton of characters and stuff in your face. One thing I didn't like was that they they had like easily probably ten different names of just like these random important people that are supposed to be like integral to the plot, but they introduce them and then don't really talk about them very much, and you don't really get invested. I felt like I wasn't getting really invested in these these random characters that were supposedly super integral to the
0: plot. Yeah, not only that, if 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 you remember back, the very like one of the first like five pages before the story even starts is like a double page it's, like a, it's a double page like who is this person and what is their rank? And I didn't even think to look at it. I was like, There's no way I'm gonna remember all of these people. And it and that stays true throughout the entire thirty chapters. There's no way I remembered yeah. most of those people. Like there's a handful of people that you see a lot that you eventually are like, yeah, I know who that is. I know what they do. I was,
2: I was identifying people by their beards.
0: That's true. That's true. Especially, um, uh, general Brigadier General Henry, like his, his, um, his thin stash was very easy to reconcile. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, I, and I kind of felt like that translated a little bit to the plot too, where like, the beginning I didn't feel very invested because I'm like how is this going to be relevant or matter and then towards the middle I got like super into it and I'm like this, this is actually really good I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would and then towards the end I started going like I'm starting to feel like the relevancy is fading like the sense that this was going to be relevant is fading and I think towards the end I kind of felt like well that was a fun read but I don't feel like I Got anything out of it in terms of the overarching story of uh, like the One Year War? Yeah,
1: yeah. It it does a few cool things, and it has some neat references, and it has you know, it gives you an appearance with some of the test pilots, and then later actual pilots and mobile suits from the Pezune project or Pezune that we've uh, you know kind of mentioned in other episodes uh, as a side thing that doesn't factor in very much to. Um, The original series, Uh, and yeah, the the whole—I forgot about the whole dump of faces. I should have had that pulled up because I could have pretended like I remembered all these characters' names from the get-go. I should have printed that out and just had it as I I, uh, went through.
2: That would have been that would have been next level, Scotty. That would have been impressive if you remembered them.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. I would have been faking it. Yeah, but that we would have not. We wouldn't have known, and you would have been awesome.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, would have, I, would have fully believed, I would have fully believed you if you remembered all those characters. I would have 100% believed you. No,
1: I, I, I'm i not great with names, really. Not
2: um, ships, though. <laughs> Let me tell you.
1: So- yeah, like I I don't know who to ship in this one. You know, it's there's the obvious ship. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I know, I know That's what funny. you
0: meant. That's great. I, I actually like liked the um, fact that we got to see a, um a guazine class battleship. That was it looked pretty cool in the show.
2: you know, I did notice there were a lot of like special like not special maybe special edition is the wrong word, but like unique takes on like mobile suits and we saw like a lot of different types of ships and like I did feel like mechanic like the mechanical designs and the the kind of range of things we saw there was really good. Right. Yeah. Like everyone had like a unique variant of a Zaku or like a goof or whatever. Maybe not a goof. No, it was a goof. I think there was a, a Galbaldi as well.
1: Yeah, Galbaldi Alpha. I think this is one of the only things, it may be the only thing where you get to see a Galbaldi Alpha. Uh, and then also I think the, I want to say the Zaku looking things that those other test pilots are in are actually the uh, action Zakus. But I'd have to go back and look at their shoulders because that's really the most... Telling element. Are you
2: talking about the um, the Faisal? What, what, what was his name? Uh, the little the little dude, little dude girl. The,
1: the <laughs> you know girl what that they keep calling a boy the whole series. Yeah. Last chapter, and I was like, okay, I was just confused this
2: whole time. Thank you. No, they well they just simply referred to her as a boy.
0: I think they were they were using DOMs, weren't yeah. they?
2: I thought they were. I was gonna say I thought they were. Doms. Yeah, because yeah. I think they said right. at a, at one point they were DOMs.
1: Yeah, I got confused with who was using what. Which is one of the things we were actually kind of talking about beforehand with this, where you have two factions here. You essentially have your Guren loyalists, and then you have the what capital defense battalion, which turns out to be Cassilia loyalist. Right. So it's just the same thing that you always knew, which was the Cassilia organization, and then. Uh, you know the Garen hardliners, uh, which is something you get from the original series. But here they're given, um, you know, again the different different name of uh, Capital Defense Battalion, and then uh, not any name, and it's very very fuzzy at points. Who is on what side, or who you're like, who's moving on whom? Some of the blocking was a little bit like I, I thought yeah. in some of the later chapters. Some of the space they used at the beginning for this, like the pointless mystery build or the, I shouldn't say pointless, the overdone mystery build could have been used later
0: to better frame up where we were. And I think the reason they did some of that was like people were actually like riding the fence in a lot of cases, like the prime minister who earlier in the, in this show or in the manga, they, they kind of, they kind of, so to give a little bit of background, they, they give a overview of like, the prime minister and how he used to be, you know, opposed to Garen, but Garen put him in his place uh, as the prime minister. So he like eventually became loyal to Garen. Same thing happened with like a, a news paper guy. So basically, like yeah, the guy who ran like the Federated News or something like that. He was like a big. Dieran was putting in his opponents into powerful positions so they felt like they were loyal to him and eventually they would become loyal to him um, and and mm-hmm. you know in and, and the prime minister who becomes tangentially aware towards the end of the uh, series uh, he's like writing a fine line and he's like hey you need to arrest these people and the investigators ends up saying like well, well I want to arrest them first and he's like Okay, yeah, do that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I feel like the, there are two sides, but I feel like uh, again, the non-military factions, because there are a lot of politicians, um, play the middle. And I mean, I guess that's they're trying to make it realistic because you know these guys are just trying to survive the war. They don't care who's in charge at the end of the day. So we, uh, we're 30 minutes in, we haven't even mentioned David Schiller
2: or whatever his name is.
0: Yeah. Man. So they bring him a lot uh, up a lot and they mention him a lot. So uh, yeah, David Schiller, you want to give an explanation of David Schiller?
2: So if you recall me talking about how, when Leo Feisler or whatever his name was takes over, um, they were on like the seventh or eighth bombing, right? Um, I think they show a list of all the bombings when he's talking about like what they were using and why he didn't think that a bomb was going to be what And I, I won't go too deep into that yet until we're ready to talk about it. But yeah, so they show like a list of it and then he starts talking about how he got assigned right after um, one of the bombings. And then another one happened and then he got, he got like, it was like the first full investigation he was doing. And then he, as he was looking into it, he figured out that the, the, his predecessor, David Schiller was this like genius investigator who was investigating it. Um, and he gets brought up a lot and not shown for like a lot with the exception of pictures and stuff. And they kind of heavily implied that the conspirators killed them.
0: Right. And, and it eventually comes out that he's like kind of helping with the investigation, um, like feeding Leo some information, but man, like he just, he never seems to play a huge role for me. Like,
2: like he's okay. No, he didn't feel that important in the end, and I kind of was bummed out by that when they finally had the big reveal. The one thing I, I feel like I did take away was um, towards the end when, when Leo finally confronts the like kind of head of the conspirators, um, the, the uh, Reagan Leaf was, is basically like, yeah, so I'm going to give you a couple of options here. You can either walk away, you can support us, or I'm going to kill you. Um, and he's 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 like I'm gonna stand my ground, and she's like, yeah. See, David, uh, he made the smart choice. So it kind of implied that he kind of went the other way with it. Um, yeah. And that's really all I got out of the whole David Schiller like plot.
0: Thread. Yeah. So it, the plot with David is uh, he apparently um, figured out what was going on. Um, and so yeah, again, we're not going in this in chronological order because it's confusing. Yeah. So Reagan Leaf turns out to be. Um, a pseudonym that a lot of people have used over time um, when it's been useful. Right. And so at this point, uh, faction is actually using the Reagan leaf pseudonym to basically ferret out his opposition. Right. And so David Schiller figured this out and, uh, essentially said, listen, you need to go away. I'm not going to kill you. Uh, And he shipped him off to another colony and put him under house arrest. uh, And Guerin played chess with him and talked to him every once in a while. And uh, that was it. He's inside
1: six somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's David Schiller. And that's kind of like the story behind Reagan leaf too. So this, this plot, Guerin assassination plot is essentially Guerin's attempt to ferret out his opposition which is run by Cassilia, um, and you know, you know, they they all have like knowledge that the other people have, but they think that they don't have the knowledge. So like, they're playing like three, four D chess here, but they're not. Neither of them is like, I don't know, very good at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I think there's maybe a little bit too much information shared that it. You know, like Leopold was—he's kind of figuring things out at the end—is like you have all these guys. You know, like one of the victims here is from—is stationed in Granada, and the, all the rest of these survivors were shift, uh, shifted off to Granada, but they're not important. You were trying to make it look like uh, Casilia was responsible. Yeah, like just trying to pin it on on her, like it was her idea. Yeah,
0: so which. You know, kind of. It, it was in hindsight. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was. She was on board with this. Um, and and one thing I I, I I hinted at it earlier. So like I had actually taken a note because I'm am going through my notes just like we're going through the series, like forward and backwards. So the prime minister at one point, um, you know, their main concern is is maintaining the colony, right? And he claims that the loss of Garma was the loss of the future of Xeon, right? So like he, they, they saw yeah. Garma as like the the next generation that was going to actually lead Xeon and be like successful. So like um, yeah. the the death of Garma was a shock to them um, because Cassilia and Ghirin, everybody knows they're fighting against each other all the time. And Degwin is old and dying and doesn't have much control over them anyway. And they're basically- I don't working- think they know that um, Zena and Maneva have survived yet. So they they mention they they mention Mineva. so they say, you know, um, you know, with Mineva um, being w- who she is, you know, she's basically just gonna be a puppet of whoever gets control of her. right. So the, you know basically these guys don't see any future um, you know past this generation of zombies, and that's why they're really kind of freaking out. Um, but then. Do the opera scene, Scotty? I know you've been waiting for this. Oh, oh, sure. We yeah, we can do the uh, we can do the opera scene. Is that
1: the? I'll have to kind of thumb through the the pictures here. But yeah, that it's chapter twelve. No, yeah, I have that part pulled up. Um, I was just talking about the actual pages because I I don't remember if that one reveal is at the end of this or somewhere else. Um, But yeah, in chapter twelve, you have this scene of uh, glasses, mustache talking to uh, widow's peak, almost full beard, with no mustache. Um, anyway, it's a couple of Xeon officials or something. And um, I was hoping somebody jump in with a name and save me. Nope, anyway. No, no,
0: you, you're not getting that because we don't know really, it either. Really where know.
1: is, where is this cheat sheet mouse? Please cooperate. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, sure. we have, this is uh, Henry Schleiser talking to someone who is not on my name cheat sheet. Well, that was useful. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's an important Xeon person because they are at the opera. And to even be there, you have to be important. And that's really kind of what they're pointing out as they are looking through the crowd. This is an opera that uh, Degwin likes to go to. He's not there. We know where he has gone. Uh, he is out into space and the great Degwin going to meet up with rebel. Uh, So that's when this is set and he, they're looking through some of the different boxes and you get some fun references here to other series. Um, So the first one that you get is that they look over at a family. They, um, you know, they say, Hey, there's all the common people down in the, like on the floor seats in the pit. No, I don't think anybody's moshing. (laughs) And then you have all of the, you know, influential families, these are basically your noble houses have all the boxes on the walls. And the closer you are to Dagwanzabi's box, the more influential you are. And so they point out this family called the Toto family. Uh, if you've watched Double Zeta, that name will ring a bell. They said they are on the, ver- were on the verge of ruin. But three years ago, they bought a box seat at, and several years earlier, they had adopted a boy, Glimmy, as their eldest son. And so you get to see Glemmy Toto. This is now his earliest chronological appearance in the meta series. Um, and so, yeah, they say they were on the verge of ruin and they were without an heir. Um, and this is where they strongly imply they don't, they don't just go out and say it, which, you know, whatever, but they very strongly imply
0: that Glemmy is Girin's bastard. Well, no, they straight up say like, and it's not clear if they're being sarcastic, joking, or what. But they say Girin's a illegitimate child. Well, no, that's
2: what I. They I, said it's a. The rumor yeah. is that it's. I think they like heavily, heavily implied it, but I don't think they one hundred percent.
1: No, they definitely it. didn't. It was only they, one line. They stopped short of completely confirming it, which was like, oh, come on, just do it already. But anyway. I, I'm sure that was maybe some artistic license that an editor went. We can't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and then they, the other reference is a few pages um, a little bit later. They are talking about um, the Rawls. Oh, sorry. I, this is at, I skipped ahead a little bit. But, yeah, it's a couple of pages later. They also mentioned um, that there was a box three seats from the Zobbies and uh, Degwin that belonged to the Sahaline family. And now it does not. And that is a reference to the Oath MS team which we are going to be doing after this manga, so yeah, um fun times
0: there and they they do mention the Rawls. um and they they mentioned that uh, that the raw family was kind of like disgraced uh after uh ramba went off and tried to avenge uh dozo or uh garma
2: like checking hmm. Oh wait, I'm sorry. You said uh, you said you mean yeah. Ramba. I, th- I was thinking Gemini.
0: Yeah. So I, I, the the way they write it, it seems like the Rawls still had some level of of power, just because I guess Ramba was still like fighting for them, right?
2: I kind of I kind of always feel like that's like they kind of bounce back and forth, like between the original series. It seemed like he's important, and then like Origin, it shows that he was, but then he wasn't, like. I feel like they always bounce back and forth on like how valuable and important the Rambas yeah, were. I, I think the Rall
1: name are. carries weight, even if it doesn't have any realistic power value anymore.
0: Right. Um, and and the last thing I really want to say about Rambaral um, is there, there is a section in here, which I thought was hilarious um, in Xeon city or zoom city. There are gunplus gun plus stores and you can get, I you can love you that. can get a rhomberall action figure. Um they had I think they had some goof action figures and there's a few other ones. I didn't look all of them. They
2: had the uh, they had the special edition Zeon that was Dozel Zeon Yeah. That I think Scott was yeah. about before.
1: It was a very Zap Brannigan moment.
2: <laughs> I loved it.
0: I thought that was funny.
2: That was I was actually one of my favorite little like meta moments of the series of the whole the whole thing. Yeah, and
0: I was Scotty's brought up a handful of times that you know uh, Garen went like uh, mobile suit crazy, but I think I I, I mentioned it in our chat uh, about a week ago. Um, I think it was mostly because he wanted to sell all these gunpla figures to like mm-hmm. finance the war.
1: Hey, you know, <laughs> look.
0: Well, they, it was kind of interesting because they talked about using like food
2: stamps. They didn't call them food stamps, but essentially food stamps to buy them. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that was uh, genocidal maniac. But hey, maybe you could finally get the master grade of that one thing you always wanted. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so w- is, moving the story for, a little bit more forward – Um, Reagan leaf is like, they're getting close. They're like, all right, we're gonna, we're getting closer to this plot, this plot. We're gonna kill, uh, Kieran when he gets here. So everybody, uh, needs to get together at this, uh, I think it was like the, the defense forces building or something like that. Like the, everybody, everybody that's involved in this conspiracy will get together. And then once our plot goes through, we'll take over the government. Um and my note and I had not read an inch further after that I stopped and I took this note and it says not shady at all they definitely won't be killed afterward. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny that Reagan Leaf was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have some guards. They're they're totally cool. Don't worry. Don't about worry
1: them. about the guns. I know they're semi-automatic assault rifles, but Second Amendment." Second, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the uh, I think the, the one of the other key turning points there is that they're these conspirators, I think, are assuming that the um, uh, was it the Capital Defense Battalion? I've probably said the name in four different ways by this point. I'm sorry, uh, are kind of on their side and backing them, but then Schleisser finds out that Casfall is alive.
0: Yeah. So we see the the video from when um, Cilia and Casval um, meet and talk and he takes off his mask and she's like, I knew who you were, yada, yada, yada. And so she takes that video and distributes it to um, everybody in Zoom City that is in her power structure. So this kind of like, I guess this kind of opens the line um, for further down in the series where, you know, um, he takes over uh, Neo Zeon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it starts showing like that. there's initial like roots of support. Yeah.
1: And it's seen in that origin manga as well when um, Sela ends up on a bowaku and, you know, starts an insurrection on accident just because of who she is. And I think this is uh, going back to that opera scene. One of the reasons they bring up the Rawls is because that gives uh, some credibility to uh, Schleiser being able to see that video and know who Casval is if he had known the Rawls since they were taking care of him. Um, after what happened to um, uh, Daikun. So that was, I thought, tied together uh, pretty nicely. The other neat Cassilia moment in this that I just wanted to bring up because I think we're actually already past this point in uh, discussing uh, the, the story of, of this manga, but uh, they show her in Chapter 16 looking at a like test flight. And then uh, there's just a little quick thing at the end of one of the pages um, before she gets into talking about, you know, Shar and the Elmeth and all that. Uh, but she's like looking at this briefing and then has this disappointed look on her face and uh, talks about stupid plans like this Rubicon, which is a reference to 0080. Um, so we get that point in time where uh, this is at the uh, spot where that operation has failed in 0080 and Kassily is finding out about it and going, wow, they were
0: stupid. <laughs> yeah uh we get to see the colony laser a few times yeah um uh, that's exciting um let me see i like we're running out of things to talk about with we're, we're getting close to the end of this um there aren't really any
1: there weren't really any other serious tie-in references to the other works that i had to mention after that point it, it does
0: Okay. Yeah, so there, there is well, there's a few. Well, the one thing I thought was neat. Um, so when Leo was talking to his grandfather, that he was telling him about the Reagan Leaf like persona and how it's been used in other places, other times to to commit other assassinations. So apparently, Reagan Leaf was used to kill Xianzum Daikun, um, and Reagan Leaf was used to kill Sastro. Um, and there's a whole bunch of things like they they attribute uh, Reagan Leaf to doing, which has either been retconned or not retconned. Um, but yeah, I think they went all the way back to like
2: 0052. I think. Yeah. Like that.
0: But, it, but it, I thought it was just interesting it, to like see the. I think it
1: ends up though working out in the end. Um, but it's when without giving everything away immediately. It's all ultimately in Garen's interest. Everything that Reagan Leaf has been doing, like the assassination of Daikun, and remember, this is not a known. It's well known to the audience by this point. But you know, Leopold finds out Daikun was assassinated. He's like, "What? He was? Whoa!" Um,
2: yeah, I think I think they they run through the whole like right at the end where like Cassilia confronts him, then assassinates him, like all of that, just kind of like and, and like uh,
1: Sazro was. They talk about how Reagan Leaf was used against, uh, you know, with Sasro, and how him being out of the way was good for Garen, and because Sasro was way more popular.
0: Yeah, they said basically he was able to to gather people while Garen was basically the the smart one. Sasro was the uh, yeah yeah. which is kind of interesting because I always felt like I thought
2: that was like one of the, uh, Garen's big traits was that he could like really give those like emp- like empowered speeches that got people. Like Garen's a grandstander,
1: on. but I think in his more um, you know his closer to the ground interpersonal relationships, he was colder. Was well, right, yeah, that, he's so. yeah, yeah, lots of personality disorders there. So I think he was just a, like a good stage actor, if you will, for that sort of setting. Uh, but has to use a lot of other people to further his means because he's not, he wasn't going to be capable of doing it all himself.
0: So, so there was one other reference and I can't, I, I can't find where I put a note for it, but um, Haman Khan's dad was mentioned at one point in the manga, which I thought was. Oh yeah. Maharaja Khan. I think that's when they're talking about, um,
1: Oh, it's with some of the politicians. I remember.
2: They're talking yeah. about
1: who might be on their side and things of that nature.
2: Yeah, I talking about that. I didn't even process that that was Haman's dad.
0: Yeah, because they did not mention her; they just mentioned him. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And I went and like googled some things. I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right." Yeah, so, anyway, let's get the show on the road. So, all right, uh, yeah. So. Uh... <sighs> let's see Let, let's just let's just do it. So, so the 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 stage is set these guys you know the the parade's gonna happen everybody knows it's like when it's gonna go down both sides are kind of ready um we we've hinted at it before but basically there's there's a handful of factions that are on the um conspirator side and there's a handful of factions that th- i think it's a good opportunity to mention
2: it since we haven't yet like the elite guard yeah So we haven't talked about them at all, but they're really interesting because they're all like, like Odessa survivors and like wounded, like limbless soldiers and stuff who all kind of got like honorary put in this like commemorative elite guard. They don't really have any expectations of them being like good at all.
0: Yeah, because it's like the local city militia, essentially.
2: Right, right, and they, and they kind of get keep getting played as oh they're kind of terrible and like everyone's better than them and they're super unvaluable and they're only there for like honor purposes and then it turns out that's not the case.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the, so the, there's these two factions in the city. Um, let's just call the Gearian and Concilia faction, right? Um, and so fighting breaks out. Um, there's sniping going on, um, and initially the the anti-Girin faction is winning and then the tide turns and then they start losing and their Zaku start getting wiped out. Um, yeah, cause Cassilius faction has the Galbaldi
1: alpha and a couple of doms. Right. Whereas the newest thing for the capital defense battalion was
0: a goof. Yes. Um, yep. so the conspirators get together, um, and, uh, I, I don't know if I revealed this before, but they all died. <laughs> yeah,
2: they got they got. Um,
0: so then the the two factions essentially have their there are two big, their two best pilots fighting each other. So um, I'm not even going to try to remember the guy's name. Uh, I have it written down somewhere, but anyway, uh, right. MS we see an MS17 right. versus an MS07B3. <laughs> so a Lance is the one in yeah, the Lance,
2: Lance one armed guy who was uh, Leo's previous like instructor at the academy. Right. And, uh, maybe not a captain, And if, I mean.
0: if you read like a wiki page on him, it says he's like an, one of like the top five mobile suit pilots for Xeon, um, like ever. Um, I don't know where that's like enumerated, but uh, they
1: they always make that yeah. stuff up. It's it's in the grand tradition of, um, Johnny Ridden and Shin Matsunaga who aren't important but have a lot of stuff written about them and lots of gunplicates. Uh yeah, and anyway, the pilot of the MS seventeen Gobaldi Alpha is uh definitely a boy. Definitely I don't remember I don't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Uh
2: F- Fizun Stream or something like that? Pfizer Stream is something like that. Is that who you're talking about?
1: Yeah. The girly that- back. That one, yep.
2: Not to be offensive, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, look, you can't draw a character with eyelashes that are that nice and convince me it's a boy. I'm sorry, that, I, I never even
2: thought it <laughs> well, was a mean, boy. Like Phileas' stream, it's Phileas.
1: What a terrible game! Yeah.
2: I think Phileas pops up in one of the like mobile suit uh, VR things. By the way, for anyone who cares about that, it's, it's a it's it's a girl.
1: <laughs> I was go- I'm I'm doing some googling, but you know I just put it on mute so that I uh...
2: gender male. I'm looking at the the Gundam fandom. I movie. I don't
0: nice. I don't care what a wiki says. I don't care what the the manga says. It that character is female. <laughs> yeah, and Gary, a character. And-
2: he he or she, whatever, pronoun... Uh, Phileas chooses um, was wearing like a full on dress with like a sun hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's a character in Gundam X like this as well. Where they're like, "No, it's a boy." I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, it's not." In Gundam
2: X like non, UC though. Uh,
0: yeah, that's an alternate universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Um, okay, so the colony begins to freeze. They they basically uh, turn off all of the the heating systems and everything starts to freeze. We see like. The, uh, the the local troops are able to weather the storm because they actually had like all the cast off like earth materials, so they were able to like keep their shit heated. Um, and the guys that had been um, actually on Earth didn't had given all that stuff up, so their their weapons yeah, kind of and their stuff all froze. And it's actually kind of funny because I think this is kind of an allusion to the German. Um, incursion into Russia during World, World War II because uh, Completely random aside but Hitler Believed that they would be able to, to go into Russia so quickly that they Would not even need winter gear um, So they sent everybody up and, and initially like they were doing great Like they went super far they were Doing like something like 40 Or 50 miles a day and just like Wiping out the Russian army um, And then like eventually they Stopped <laughs> and then like that was one of the reasons they got fucked up so bad is because they were they weren't prepared for winter they had no winter clothes they were all wearing like thin shirts and stuff like that so um yeah um so yeah so in the middle of this battle um everybody starts to find out about what happened at abawaku um degwin dead giran dead Cassilia uh, I don't think they know that Cassilia died at this point. Um, they say that
1: she's missing, but I think everyone knows right. what that means at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is just that, I think one thing we didn't touch on is that they, part of the mystery that Leopold is trying to figure out is, where is Giran? And he learns from Elise in one of the later chapters, this is, uh, I think, just before that winter battle begins, that he doesn't learn where Garen is, but he learns that he's not on side three. Now, as a reader, you you know this. You know this from We've, like yeah. the opening chapters. You are going, wait, they want to kill him on side three. When this isn't going to work out for them, uh, yeah. because you know he's going to be on a coup at that point. But then you are also thinking, well, yeah, but he gets killed anyway. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you've kind of got that you know context going on, and then uh, we learn the true identity of Riggenleaf at the current moment,
0: which is Elise?
1: No, it's, right?
0: it's uh, Cecilia. See, but Elise was actually the one that was using Reagan Leaf. Oh, uh, what? I think Celia was controlling Reagan Leaf, but it was Elise that was actually like writing. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. They kind of like Elise was acting as
1: Cecilia's proxy.
0: Yes, yes. Sorry, but it
1: was it was what Celia it was Celia's ideas and thoughts and plans that were being conveyed through Reagan leaf, even yes. if she wasn't punching the keys.
0: So, yeah, um, Leopold finally like figures all this stuff out. And uh, this is what I was alluding to earlier. The prime minister walks in right before um, Leopold's about to get his head shot off um, and like basically storms the situation is like, well, you need to go uh, arrest the. You know Henry, the the general that's in charge of the local defense, or whatever the other faction. <laughs> um, and then Leopold's like, yeah, yeah, I'll 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 deal with him next, but I need to arrest her first um, because she's basically like been controlling everybody and getting other people killed, even though like you know <laughs> whatever. So just one quick point: it's not the prime minister; it is another very
1: high ranking politician. That's like kind of just under him. Okay. Yeah. They all look yeah. the same. <laughs> they look a little different, but I don't remember the guy's name. So yeah. we'll go with that.
0: It's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a little contract too. So, uh, Glemmy's mom doesn't
1: take the news of, uh, Garen getting killed very well at all.
0: I assumed that was the case by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, she like, to- loses her shit.
1: Yeah, like complete breakdown, meltdown, coherent thoughts are gone and time to plot your gun. And no, that was before. Sorry. Yeah. Puts her gun down <laughs> from pointing it at Leopold. Um, because yeah, this is, this is bad for her. And we learned that eventually she's just basically hauled off to jail and okay, bye.
0: Yeah. So basically everybody involved in this plot, except for Leopold goes to jail, um, uh and leo helped some of the mobile suit pilots escape uh and they were they help further down the line somewhere i forget exactly like they're they're in the grips conflict right is what it's yeah says. yeah so the implication mm-hmm. is that
1: because they were working uh, you know on Cassilia's side they end up aligning with char more or less because they are helping out karaba during zeta and Caraba was helping the basically the earth based forces that were assisting the space based Ayug, which uh, Quattro Begina Shar was. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: Spoiler, oh, spoiler. Man. No, no, no. Uh, Quattro Begina is not Shar.
1: Oh, that's right. He has sunglasses. My bad. Um, okay. Thank you. Anyway, and then later we learned that they were um, involved during Shar's counterattack and. Uh, helped guard the flagship's retreat after the Zeon forces had uh, lost the hell out of that battle at the end of that terrible movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so basically the people that Leo helps escape are like pivotal mobile suit badasses later on. But they're never like explicitly named. They're just considered to be like the elite guard.
1: Yeah, if you find some mobile suits that don't get blown up, that are grunt suits, you can just pretend it's them, at least in Zeta. And Shara's uh, Counterattack, it said they were uh, in white mobile suits. I forget mm-hmm. which kind. Yeah.
2: Uh, F-somethings.
0: It was something weird. Look.
1: Yeah. Not important right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. you guys have anything else for this, uh, other, like, plot-wise that we care about? No, and if you listened
1: to this and went,
0: "Wow, this was all over the place," you've gotten the experience of the manga. Yeah, that's true. So we did. So we didn't mention the cool mobile, uh, the mobile suit fight. Like I actually really did enjoy um, the the two the 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 Dom and the Goof fight, um, or the Gavaldi. Sorry, the, the. Gobaldi Gal- and the um, Dom fight was actually really well done. It spanned like two or three chapters, like because they kept like bouncing back and forth between stuff. But um, those characters were were actually like pretty cool during that fight. And that was like, that was one of the highlights of the series for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's where the visual storytelling was at its peak. And that's what I had kind of alluded to. Like, it, it made me hate the opening chapters even more because it showed you what the artist could do.
2: I think they had um, a different mechanical de- – like the guy who did the mechanical designs was different than the, the, the other artists because they had like a guy specifically that was the mechanical designer and they had a studio that did the rest of the yeah. art. And I think whoever was the mechanical designer really – like he really did an amazing job. It was one of the best parts for me as well. Yeah,
1: really, really well-blocked visual action fight storytelling. Uh, it was – there are – excuse me. It can be unclear – in these kinds of things, what's going on. And somebody that reads a ton of Transformers comics, believe me, it can be very unclear what's going on in robot fights that are drawn. Um, but these are, it's very, very clear what's happening in this. So yeah, th- that was a very good part.
0: Yeah. 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 So that that's it. That's this, is our first manga that we've done. I, f- I have a feeling with future mangas, we'll do them a little bit differently just because this one's kind of like disjointed and hard to explain because it's so like, Politicky, um but I, I think other ones yeah. will will dig apart dig into a little bit um more granularly but
1: more coherently
0: yeah because this one like if we broke yeah. it into like five chapters at a time you would the, the episodes would be about 20 minutes long and boring so <laughs> yeah, so we hope yeah. you enjoyed this um and yeah so next uh, I think four episodes are gonna be zero 08- eight Team, um, MS team. So I think we're going to do about three episodes each. Um, we'll post it in the show notes once we get uh like the final schedule out for it. But um, I think we're going to do Miller's report in there as well. So I um, hope you look forward to it.
2: we I, I don't know if we're going to do a separate episode
0: for Miller's no, report. No, I think so. it's going no. to be a, like no. Yeah, it's going to be inside one of the episodes. Yeah, Miller's report is uh, at least two thirds
1: clip show, if not more. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Well, again, uh, thanks for listening, and feel free to reach out to us. You can hit us up at uh, New Type Flash Pod on Twitter. You can hit me up at Skank and Monkey. You can hit Scotty up at Scotty double underscore P. You can hit Luke up at Easy Stuff with some numbers. Just look in the sh- in the the New Type Flash Pod link. No one ever finds and, me. So. <laughs> and, and and realistically, nobody tweets at us anyway. It's fine. It's cool. It was a but thanks for listening, guys, and we will check you out next time. Thanks.
2: Bye. Bye.